Don't we all want to have the mind of Christ, to think like Him, to see the world like Him? Well, listen in as Ron Brown shares a devotional with his leadership team entitled, Having the Mind of Christ. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 is the thought that I want to share with you today. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The word mind in this particular passage uh, is, is really the word attitude. It's translated as attitude. Let this attitude be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Uh, the attitude is the, uh, the primary meaning in this particular scripture. Uh, an attitude is a subtle way of thinking or feeling about someone or something and is typically reflected in a person's behavior. Um, when you see people behaving, sometimes you see their attitude before you see their behavior. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But an attitude uh, is a subtle way of thinking or feeling about someone or something, and it's typically reflected in a person's behavior. Um, you, it, it also is reflected in their point of view, their way of thinking and their perspectives, and it affects their opinions and their beliefs. Mm -hmm. Attitudes are very, very important. Uh, so when the Word of God is um, uh, telling us to, to let this mind be in us or this attitude be in us that it was, as it was in Christ Jesus, I just began to reflect and think about what was Jesus' attitude toward certain things, uh, some of the things that we confront today. First of all, uh, he didn't try to create a reputation that fed into his pride, but he had an attitude of humility. Uh, every person had value. And this informed how he lived and how he ministered to people. He had an attitude of humility. And I believe that was one of the reasons people were so attracted to Jesus. Yep. Because he was a humble servant. Um, and, and anybody could come into his personal space uh, and he would receive them and he would not reject them. You know, the book of Proverbs talks about pride can be seen. It says, a haughty look, the Lord does not, uh, uh, doesn't like that, uh, is sinful. And so you can see pride. You can also see humility. And so they saw this attitude in Jesus that really gave him the ability to be effective in his ministry. It's important that we have this mind in us or this attitude in us that was in Jesus. Uh, Jesus was a bondservant. Uh, he was a servant, one who is subservient uh, uh, and at the, 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 the disposal of another person. That's what a bond servant is. And so he willingly gave himself to the disposal of the Father to fulfill a mission and a purpose. And that mission and purpose was to wrought salvation for us on the cross so that we can all come back to the Father. Isn't that good? Yes. Amen. Amen. And we have to have the attitude of a servant. Uh, Abraham was called God's servant in Genesis 26. Joshua was called God's servant. Moses was called God's servant. David was called God's servant. And so it's, it's an honorable position of nobility by choice that we are servants of the Lord and there is an attitude of a servant. Mm -hmm. uh, and so let this mind or this attitude be in us as it was in Christ Jesus. Jesus loved the world, therefore he was able to profoundly impact and change it. Um, he had an attitude of love. Yes. Do we have an attitude of love? An attitude of love can be seen. Jesus loved the Father. Therefore, he was able to walk in total surrender to his will and manifest the will of the Father and the kingdom of God on the earth. He had an attitude of love 
for the world, a love for the Father, a love for people. Jesus' attitude, what was his attitude toward the sick and the oppressed? It was one of generosity and compassion. Mm -hmm. Jesus was filled with compassion. He had an attitude of compassion. He had an attitude of generosity and it produced healing and deliverance. If we ever allow our compassion to dim, we will be ineffective and we will be unable to, to stand as God's servants and bring forth the ministry that God has called us to. So let us have an attitude of, of compassion towards those that are broken. What was Jesus' attitude toward the faithless? It was an attitude of patience and diligent teaching and powerful demonstration of faith. When we are around people who have no faith, are we short-tempered with them mm. or are we patient with them? Jesus' attitude toward the faithless was always an attitude of patience. You know, how long have I been with you? I must tell you again. <laughs> and he would teach the lesson of faith over and over and over again to his disciples. He did not quit. He did not give up on, give up on them, but he continued to have an attitude of patience towards the faithless. What was Jesus' attitude toward the rich and the wealthy? It was to encourage them to be generous in their giving and not rely on their riches. For the greater riches is to know God and to love him and to keep his commandments. And so Jesus' attitude toward the rich was to encourage them to be generous, to share with the poor, and to recognize that the gifts that they had received were not their own, but it was for their stewardship. What was Jesus' attitude? toward the marginalized and the shunned members of society. It was to love them, to touch them, to lift them up and to give them hope. Remember, he ministered to the lepers. They were the outcasts of society. Um, the Samaritans, they were racially, racially marginalized, but he made um, uh, intentional overtures towards lifting them up. Um, the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery, shunned because of their sin by the religious elite. What did Jesus do? He lifted them up, he delivered them, and told them to go and sin no more, that God had a purpose and a plan for them. Uh, for the woman who had the issue of blood, she was not even allowed to be in public, but Jesus reached out and touched her. He was always ministering to those who were in need, those who were marginalized by society, by the norms of what culture said. May we have this attitude or this mind in us that was in Christ Jesus to reach out to those who are marginalized in our society. What was Jesus' attitude toward the corrupt religious and political leaders? who were purveyors of injustice. His was a message of repentance. It was an encouragement to renounce their pride and their arrogance and to embrace the kingdom of God that was built on the foundation of loving God and loving others and loving your neighbor as yourself. And so he didn't throw them away. He said, hey, there's an opportunity for you. Repent of your corruption, repent of your sin. Uh, God still has a purpose and plan for you. What was his attitude toward those that were in sin and rebellion again? Preach repentance, to tell them the truth because you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And through repentance, the power of the Holy Spirit will bring forgiveness and the power to change. Yeah. This is the attitude that Jesus had to the, 
towards those who were bound in sin and rebellion and sometimes in their arrogance and their pride, uh, he still reached out and said, there's an opportunity for you. If you will embrace truth, you can be delivered. If you will embrace truth and you will repent, God will deliver you and set you free and you can live the abundant life that God has for you. What was Jesus' attitude towards suffering? His attitude was to embrace the cross, the suffering and the pain that it represented so that man could be forgiven and restored into fellowship with the Father. He encouraged all of his followers to daily take up their cross uh, of, of self-denial and follow his attitude and his example of embracing those places of brokenness, those places of struggle, those places of trial in our lives. He says, take up your cross daily and have faith in me, have faith in my love, have faith in the Father that he will give you what you need in order to be sustained. This is just a few examples of the attitude that Jesus had. And as the Apostle Paul was writing to the church of Philippi, he says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. And the times when we're weary and we're tired and we're overworked and overwrought in some of the circumstances of life, uh, my prayer and my hope for all of us is that we will allow the attitude uh, that Jesus had to, to, to really govern and guide our thoughts, to govern and guide our actions so that we can continue to reflect uh, the kingdom of God here on the earth. So let this mind be in you. And there will be no end to the increase of your influence in your current kingdom assignment and all the other assignments that God will bring your way. God bless you. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. He's our example. Let's follow him. Amen. Praise God. Any thoughts or comments about letting it? Because your attitude is so very important, you know. Uh, our attitude really kind of sets the course for our day. It sets the course for our actions and our activities. And if we come in and our mind is not in the right place, no matter yeah. where we're serving, it literally has an impact on what is left in the wake of our leadership. You know, the wake, the water that's behind a boat, you know, you can see the wake in the water. And there's a wake that is behind us in our leadership profile, whether we're walking through a Teen Challenge Center, where we're walking in our home with our family, or walking around the community anywhere. We leave a wake, and Jesus left a wake in his life. And the attitude that he left was always an attitude that had the sweet fragrance of love, the sweet fragrance of grace and peace. Um, and it really caused the, them, him to have open heavens everywhere that he went. So there were miracles. There was powerful deliverances. And, uh, and there was powerful teaching and preaching uh, and ministry. It all issued from that place of his attitude towards God, his attitude towards his assignment, his attitude towards people, his attitude towards the world, his attitude towards sinners, his attitude toward those who were, who were trying to do the right thing. Uh, and so we have to always be aware of how our attitude is shaping our disposition uh, and, and so that we can be effective in the work that God has called us to. So I'm always thinking about that. I, I wanna have the mind of Christ. I wanna have this attitude 
uh, that Jesus had, uh, not one of giving up and, and being in despair, but one of positive. And, uh, you know, it's like people, oh, you're just a positive person. No, <laughs> uh, I think pessimism visits me just like it does everyone else. But what I'm striving to do is say, Lord, help me to have this attitude uh, and mindset like Jesus did. He's our, he's our example. Uh, and when we look to him and we pray and ask him for his grace, for his strength, for his peace, he gives it to us so that we can follow him. We can take up our cross daily and follow him. But the attitude goes ahead of you. Yeah. People see your attitude coming before they even see you. <laughs> because it is very, very important that you understand the impact that your disposition has uh, on the people around you. And we want the people, especially in the Ministry of Teen Challenge, who come in with such brokenness, we want them to, to really let their guard down. We want them to really uh, uh, be open to the moving of the Holy Spirit. We want them to be open to the Word of God, having free access to every part of their heart so that they can be totally renovated, transformed, and restored by the power of God. Uh, and so we have an opportunity collectively as a staff and as a team to by our attitude to set the atmosphere so that the glory of God can rest upon the work that we do. Without his glory resting, there is no transformation. Without his glory resting, there are no miracles. Without his glory resting, there is no deliverance. Uh, and so the attitude that we create in the way that we comport ourselves really does affect the heavens, open heavens around us for the miracles that we're believing God for, for people who touch the ministry that he's given us stewardship of. And so uh, let's check our attitudes and make sure that we have the attitude and the mind of Christ. Amen. 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 Yammeron, I was asking you for comments. <laughs> it's, it's very important. It's very, very, very important. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I like, I like how you said we have different attitudes towards different situations. So we we can just, it's easier for me to have the right attitude in certain situations. But I've really got to temper myself when I'm dealing with something and then especially something that's happening over and over mm. like you said jesus was like very patient so it's like very patient <laughs> it's a whole nother level of like sanctification because i we can't get lazy or loose or being like oh man i've done this before like what's going on here and so i think it keeps us really fresh and authentic to who we really are that's something that the lord's taught me before but just continues to remind me of like don't get loose or casual or complacent with mm. my approach to any situation no matter how many times it, it comes up yes. and it's more of an intentional process like you're saying before you even get into a situation you're like all right lord deal with me before i even go there because my demeanor or my facial expression or you can definitely see that from afar and it does affect people and they do they get timid or on guard or whatever and well they respond and they react to yeah. what they see <clears throat> and and we want them to respond the right way we want yep. them to be open to receive instruction and correction and mm -hmm. and and counsel 
uh, and that's what we demand. But you can't demand that if you haven't created an, an, attitude, an atmosphere through the attitude of the center and the attitude of how you are doing your work that encourages that. It's like, you know, the people will respond to what they see. You know, they can see a haughty look, they can see pride, they can see arrogance, they can see distraction, they can see all of those things long before <laughs> uh, we, we even realize that they're reading those things. And so they begin to form opinions, they begin to make decisions mm -hmm. about whether I'm going to stay here or not, or <laughs> if I'm going to listen to what you have to say, if you're a person who's worthy of me listening to, um, do you really have my best interest in mind, or are you just kind of like going through this, going through the motions, mm -hmm. and you're not really connected to the words you're saying? Mm -hmm. uh, so they're looking at the attitude all the time. And so Jesus had this amazing attitude uh, that he was about the work of the Father. He was serious about his purposes but that God sent him for, but he was dialed into where people were. Yeah. You know, I've mm -hmm. heard people use this expression, you know, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. I'm sorry, I don't believe in that. You can never be, <laughs> that, that don't even make any sense to me. Because it's only when you're heavenly minded, you can be any earthly good. Yeah. <laughs> and so Jesus was earthly minded, I mean heavenly minded, and it caused him to be informed about what needed to be brought into the earth. Mm -hmm. And so when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. So if you're not heavenly minded, you don't have anything to bring into the earth mm -hmm. that is going to be of value to people. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so Jesus was heavenly minded, but he lived in his environment in this, this organic fallen world just like we live in it but yet and still he comported himself as a change agent because the the, the heaven heavenly perspective informed his attitude to how he responded not reacted but how he responded to everything um, like I said to the corrupt people to people who were in sin to the people who were broken the people who were marginalized it was the heavenly mindset that really caused him to be able to bring the revelation of the kingdom into the earth. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm -hmm. And so repentance is how we get there. Uh, but he was a messenger that brought uh, that message of repentance because he'd already seen what heaven was like uh, by spending time with the Father, being in fellowship with him, uh, and, and really allowing the Holy Spirit to motivate his character and his thoughts and his direction. We can live the same way. Jesus was an example for us that this is how you do this thing. You pray, you seek the Father, you get his mind, you get his will, you, you get his word, hide it in your heart so that you will have the right perspective yeah. that shapes your attitude so you know how to deal with people. Yeah. And you know how to deal with circumstances. <clears throat> you know how to deal with the fallen brokenness of this world um, and, and do it with joy and fulfill your purpose mm -hmm. completely. Um, and and I just really believe that we need to stay in that place of fellowship. I know Kathleen was talking about intimacy at our staff retreat. And all of that is about maintaining a heavenly perspective to me yeah. so that we are able to be effective ministers in the earth. Um, and without that, then what we're doing is just kind of making it up as we go. And we don't need to make it up as we go. We are led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And he yeah. knows all things. Yeah. Uh, and he will give us wisdom and the spirit of counsel to be effective in everything that God's called us to. So maintain that, that heavenly perspective. Let this mind be in you. Amen. That was also in Christ. 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you haven't already, subscribe today on your mobile device to get exclusive new content from Teen Challenge of Southern California. For more information, visit us on the web at teenchallenge.org.